On September 21st, in Lake Odessa, Michigan, Joanne Jacobson was canvassing against a pro-abortion ballot proposition that was, that was up for a vote. And so she was going around neighborhoods, as a lot of campaigners do, uh, expressing her views and persuading her fellow citizens. And it was all going just fine until she got to one home, the Harvey residence, where uh, the woman, Mrs. Harvey, instantly became very, very hostile, was clearly very supportive of abortion. And uh, I, suppose, I suppose Mrs. Harvey is entitled to her opinions. But then what happened is Mrs. Harvey's husband came out with a gun, with a loaded gun, and shot Joanne Jacobson. Joanne is 84 years old, 120 pounds, retired nurse, not someone you would say is presenting a particular physical threat to you or your family. Shot, and this story has received basically no coverage anywhere in the establishment media because it contradicts the pro-abortion narratives that they're all trying to sell. So we think that it is only right and just and fair to have Joanne on uh, with her lawyer, attorney Steve Coleman, to, to just explain what happened. Joanne, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so sorry to hear about what happened to you. Well, thank you for having me. I, I'm, I, I would say I'm, I'm so sorry to hear what happened to you. I'm so happy to hear that you escaped. Obviously, the situation could have gone way differently, and you would not be sitting here talking about this today. So just, if you wouldn't mind, what happened? You mean start from the beginning? Please, yeah. Okay, when I went to the door, you know, I told her why I was being there, and she identified herself as being Mrs. Harvey. And immediately when I mentioned Proposal 3 and voting no, she got very angry, antagonistic, and said that no, she was going to vote no on it. And I said to her, I kept calm. I didn't raise my voice. And I said, did she know that it was going to amend the state constitution? And she just said she didn't care. She was going to vote no. And then she proceeded to tell me that she had had a tubal pregnancy. And I said to her, I said, well, there's always been an exception for the life of the mother. Because in this situation, that's what happens. They have to take the baby because it's not going to be able to mature in the fallopian tube. And so, um, you know, I, I, I said, I told her again a second time, and I don't think that she understood what I was saying about it. It's an, it's an exception to the life of the mother. And obviously her life was in danger. Well, she, she keeps yelling and she says, well, I don't want this to happen to anybody else. And I can't even have a chance to explain to her that, yes, this is going to happen to somebody else. Medicine does know, doesn't know, to my knowledge, <laughs> when a mother's going to have an ectopic pregnancy. Right. There's nothing that they can do to stop it. And um, so she then immediately says, you don't have a right to be here. Get off my property. To which I replied, I'm going. So I got down the steps, there were three or four steps to get up to the porch, um, got on the sidewalk. I'm carrying in a clipboard because I have a list of homes that I'm going to go visit. And they're telling me I had my umbrella because it was raining that day. Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell the police for sure if I had the umbrella or not. So I'm hanging onto my clipboard and my umbrella. And it's a long sidewalk. It's not like the city. It's a long sidewalk from the home to the driveway, 50, 60 feet. And so I'm about 
12, 15 feet down on the sidewalk, and she's behind me yelling. So and she's she's following I, you as you walk away. Well, yeah. I mean, she's off the porch. She's on right at the bottom of the steps, and she's on her cell phone, and she's yelling at me constantly. I don't remember everything that she yelled, but she was yelling, get off my property. And so I kept going in. As I'm walking out of the corner of my eye, I saw that there was a man. There was a barn on the on the property. There was a man walking alongside the barn. Didn't think anything of it. He didn't come up and talk to me. The police asked me, well, was he carrying a gun? I said, I can't tell you if he was carrying a gun or not. Um, he didn't come and talk to me. He went around the back of me. And I'm just assuming he's going up to his home. Really didn't think a thing of it. Keep walking and um, hanging on my clipboard and my umbrella. They told me I had the umbrella. And um, she's yelling constantly behind me, you know, get off my property. And then at some point, she's all of a sudden, she's alongside of me. I'm on the sidewalk and she's in the grass, but five or six feet away from me. And I, and I, I, I looked up for some reason and the police said that there were two shots. I had only heard one shot. Hmm. So I'm thinking what made me look up is the fact I do have some hearing problem that I heard something, didn't recognize it as being a gunshot. And then, so I'm turning sideways and looking and I see the man is standing next to her in the grass. And as soon as I realized he was standing there, I, I know the first thing I noticed was he had this gun, long barreled gun. And by the time, just a matter of seconds, it's like I heard the shot and I felt this pain. And I thought, oh, he hit me in the back because I had intense pain in the back. And they didn't say anything. And I didn't think I said anything, but the, I've been told she evidently was taping what was happening. And I said, did he shoot me? I thought I just said it to myself. He didn't say anything. She didn't say anything. And that was all I said. And I started walking to my car. As I'm, Because I'm almost at the end of the sidewalk, so I'm pretty much closer to my car. I get, I open up the door and I'm thinking, am I going to be able to drive? I didn't know how badly I was hurt. And so I, I didn't feel dizzy or faint or, you know, any other symptoms other than pain. So I thought, well, I think I can get in the car and drive. And so I didn't call 911. I didn't get ready to get behind the wheel. And I happened to look through the windshield of the car. And they're both still standing there. And I told the cop, I said, for a fleeting second, I thought, this guy's going to shoot me again. He's going to shoot right through the window. Well, fortunately, he didn't. I get in the car, get it in gear, back up, get on the road, and think, what am I going to do? I thought, well, I've got to tell the police. So I drove to the police station in Lake Odessa. It's probably me about three miles or so. I get there, and the village manager comes out, and he says, what can I do for you? And I said, I think I've been shot. And shot, he said, and I said, I turned around, and I said, can you see anything? It hit up here on my shoulder. Of course, I can't see it. And he immediately said to me, he said, go sit down on that couch over there. And the next thing I know, I'm surrounded by about 
five or six people and they're wanting to take off my top. And they're telling me, no, 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 don't move. Keep your back straight. And they're putting, they're rolling me and putting me on a board. And before I knew it, I'm in the ambulance and I'm on the way to the emergency room. Right now, head on over to ring.com slash Knowles. The fall is just a magical, wonderful time of the year. And it's very, very busy. The kids are back at school. You got to go pick them up at the dance recital. You got to go get them from after school. You maybe you're traveling. You got the holidays coming up. You got to jet out to go get your latest pumpkin spice latte. Okay. People are really, really busy. You're in and out of the house. You want to make sure your home is safe. That's why you need Ring. Ring. Yes, they've got the video doorbell. You see and speak to whoever is on your doorstep, no matter where you are, in the home, at the office, on the other side of the world. Ring also has a powerful home security system that's called Ring Alarm. And then Ring took it up another notch even. You're not just going to protect your doors and your windows and your physical home. They've got Ring Alarm Pro. Go pro. Be a pro, just like me. CNET calls Ring Alarm Pro a giant leap for home security. Right now, head on over to ring.com. These are the guys that I Trust. Find out how you can live a little more stress-free this season with a Ring product that is right for you. That is ring.com slash Knowles. So the shot landed. It was in your back. It was in your shoulder. It was... It hit, went over the... Because of my turning sideways, it hit the, right, the top of my right shoulder and exited out my back up in the thoracic area of the spine. And I was told by the doctors that I was one lucky person because it just narrowly missed my spine. Um, fortunate wow. otherwise, and the reason I could drive is because it didn't hit any major vessels and it didn't hit the bone. So that's why I was able to you know, safely, I didn't think I was going to endanger myself or you know, anybody else on the road to get behind the car and, and drive to the police station. Joanne, I have to tell you, there are some times when I stub my toe and I feel that I can't drive. So the fact that you were able to drive after being shot is extraordinarily impressive. And thank God that the people at the police station were able to say, sit down, we're taking you to the emergency room, we're going to treat you. Obviously, both of these people should be in prison. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a, lawyer. I don't, I, I don't, I'm not a cop. I don't work for the Justice Department. But it would seem clear to me that if two people shoot a pro-life canvasser, an 84-year-old pro-life canvasser, 120 pounds soaking wet, walking to her car, these people should be arrested and in jail. So are they in jail? They are. He is arrested. He's out on bond. He's out. Of they've course, only, he's out on bond. Of course. They've only charged the husband right now. They charged him with a four-year felony and two misdemeanors. So he was uh, charged and arraigned, and he got a $10,000 bond, and he posted. And so he's out right now. A, a four-year felony? He shot an 84-year-old woman on his property for, for doing something that is perfectly legal, by the way, to go around and canvas and, and campaign and persuade your fellow citizens. That's as American as apple pie. Four-year felony? I realize, yeah. Yeah, we had obviously hoped for a much uh, stricter charge. But uh, the prosecutor, we spoke to the prosecutor, and and he said the guy didn't have any any criminal record and there were some other mitigating factors and he just felt that that was all he could do. And so, unfortunately, our hands are tied. It's his choice. And so that's what he charged. Steve, I don't have a criminal record either. I think if I shot an 84-year-old woman on my property as she was walking to her car, I, I suspect that not only would I be charged with more than a four-year felony, I would deserve to be charged for with a lot more. So part of the issue is that his defense, at least, is that it was an accident. He said that uh, Joanne was swinging around her clipboard. Now, I don't know how swinging around a clipboard is a 
lethal danger or something that gives rise to you shooting someone. But he said she was swinging around her clipboard. We obviously vehemently disagree with that. And he said he tried to knock her clipboard down with with his gun and it accidentally went off. That's his story, at least. And he, so uh, he's sorry, saying... Sorry, Steve, I got to stop you there. So he's saying it's an accident that he went and got his loaded rifle to terrorize an 84-year-old woman walking to her car who may or may not have moved her clipboard around. And so, you know, the normal way to, to lower a clipboard is to take a loaded rifle barrel first and, and what, try to nudge it? That's just so... It, it, it's so preposterous that if a woman hadn't been shot as a result of it, I would be laughing right now. Well, it's ridiculous. There's two big things that really just dispel what he's saying. First, he fired a warning shot. So he knew the gun was loaded. He can't say, oh, I didn't know there were bullets in there. I didn't know it could fire. He acknowledged I fired a warning shot and they have proof that it hit a tree. So he knew the gun was loaded. So he can't say he didn't know that. And second, if someone truly accidentally, you know, let's 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 say for a second that he's right. Let's say it was a total accident. He had a total lapse of judgment. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt for just one second. Let's say that that's true. Is that a normal response, how they acted after he shot someone? I would think if I accidentally shot someone, the first response would be, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. Let me call an ambulance for you. I didn't know. I'm so sorry. Did they do any of that? No. Are you afraid you might be facing some charges? It's always possible. I mean, yeah, I shot somebody. Yeah. And I, it was an accident. They shot her and said nothing and just watched her meander back to her car and go get help. That doesn't that's not how someone behaves after they accidentally shoot someone. This is so outrageous. I, I usually come down on the side of, oh, let's give people the benefit of the doubt. Let's be merciful. Let's just go, you know, let's show grace. Where, but it's just every single step of the way. I don't, I don't see how you can interpret any of these events in any light other than this lunatic had a fit of anger and shot an 84-year-old woman. So, totally agree. So if you don't mind my asking, who's the prosecutor? Uh, it's the Ione County prosecutor. Ione County prosecutor? Okay, I think, uh, you know, for people who are watching this right now and listening to this, if you're, if you're in the county, if you're in the state, or if you're not in the county and not in the state, I, I, would, I would certainly call the prosecutor's office. I would certainly call your congressman. I would certainly call your senator. This is such a horrific miscarriage of justice. Also because you know, I mean, Joanne, I, I obviously share your pro-life sympathies and point of view. And you just know right now the Department of Justice, all the way at the federal level, is, is arresting pro-lifers for not, not only for minor infractions of the law, but for completely bogus alleged minor infractions of the law that actually haven't taken place. And we've seen these stories increasing in recent weeks. I've covered a lot of them on my show. And so, you know, if the situation were reversed here, they would absolutely be throwing the book at the pro-lifer. They already are doing that. And I just, it's just, it's just such a heinous miscarriage of justice because a nice 84-year-old woman is going around to, to persuade her fellow citizens that maybe we shouldn't kill as many babies, that she gets shot and the prosecutor does effectively nothing about it. Yeah, I, I think that they're being influenced by what's being said out there. The fact, I think they're, the rhetoric is that they're um, telling women that if we ban abortion in the state, women are going to die. And they're using this particular situation, the, uh, you know, the ectopic pregnancies. And they're claiming that the abortionist, if, if we ban abortion, 
the abortionist will get um, arrested if he takes the baby out. It's never been considered an abortion in that case. But that's the message that these, I think this woman probably is hearing also. Of course. And likewise, and likewise the man. And of course, what, what our president is saying and, you know, about, I understand he called me a right-wing nut or something. I don't know where, but I've heard this. And so, yeah, it, it, it's, I blame Biden and the Democrat Party for the rhetoric out there. Right now, text Knowles to 989898, the Labor Department's Consumer Price Index, which catalogs the cost of goods, services, food, and rent, rose 0.4% over the month of August, double what many economists had anticipated. Perhaps worse, core inflation, which excludes food and gas prices, saw the highest increase last month that it's seen since August of 1982. What is the current administration doing to quell that surge of inflation? Spending more taxpayer dollars, of course. Don't bury your head in the sand while your savings deplete. Diversify into gold with Birch Gold today. Text Knowles, Canada View, L-E-S, to 989898, and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. The experts over at Birch Gold have almost 20 years of experience in converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, why have you not checked them out yet? Gold has always been your best hedge against inflation. Head on over right now to Birch Gold. You text Knowles, Canada View, L-E-S, to 989898, and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on diversifying into gold tax-free. Take the necessary steps to hedge against inflation today. Protect your hard-earned money. Get your free info kit by texting Knowles, Canada View, L-E-S, to 989898 now. I suppose it's to be expected that... (laughs) someone who would be so opposed to a pro-life canvasser would very nearly kill that that person in in a sort of fit of anger. Uh, On the topic of this ballot proposition, do do you have any sense of where it stands right now? You say there's a lot of misinformation there about it. How do you think it's going to turn out? I I can't say. I I really don't know. (laughs) I've been kind of, you know, secluded for a couple of weeks. Right. Yeah, Yeah, I haven't heard anything. It's going to be a tough one because of how they've um, used Orwell to rephrase it. They've, they've labeled it the Reproductive Freedom Initiative, and who could be against that, right. you know? Right. And so I, I think most voters, they just hear that name, and they're like, oh, that sounds good. I think it'd be for that. And, but they don't realize what it actually does or what it actually says. And so one of the things that we've done, we've, we're helping Joanne, but we have the Great Lakes Justice Center, which is our organization here in Michigan. And so we put out issue briefs and fact sheets just explaining what it would do to try to inform the public on what it would truly do in Michigan and how awful it would be and how broad it would truly be interpreted by the courts. Um, the recent polls that we've seen right now are about 61% are in favor. And so we're very concerned that it's gonna go through. And the, and the worst part is, is one in three Republicans here say they're, in, they're for it. And I certainly hope that's just because they don't know what it truly is. Right. Well, when you label something, you know, the Freedom and Candy and Puppies Act, then, you know, of course, everybody says that they're for it, regardless of what is in the bill. Joanne, you mentioned you've been sort of you know, taking it easy for the last couple of weeks. How, how is your recovery going? Yeah, it, the doctor told me it would, because of my age, of course, it, it's going to take a long time to heal. Um, the wound here is healed, but the one on the back is, is bigger and I, it's taking longer to heal. So I can't take showers yet. 
don't, don't want to get any water down in into the, and so I have to worry about infection. That seems not to be the case so far, thank goodness. Well, that, that's wonderful. I mean, I think even if a, you know, a 25-year-old were shot through the shoulder, you know, that would be a difficult recovery. And so, of course, if you're, if you're 84, that's going to take longer. Has, has the, the man or the, this wife, the Harvey family, have they reached out at all? Have they sent flowers? Have they said, sorry, we shot you? No, no, <laughs> no they have not. Wow. Uh, one, one interesting thing that happened, though, was uh, shortly after it happened, a few days after it happened, uh, one of the local TV stations heard about it and went to the residents, and they went on camera, and Mr. Harvey talked to him and acknowledged on camera, yeah, I shot her. And she's got this clipboard, and she's waving around. I'm thinking she's going to smack Sharon with it. So without thinking, I went to club it away with the rifle. And my finger was still in the trigger guard. And it went off. And it went off. And it hit her about in here. And so obviously he hadn't been talking to an attorney at that point, I would assume, but we have on video basically his confession that he shot her. And so at least that part of it, we, we've got locked down. Is there any hope that the prosecutor could change his mind here? It's, it's just such a, a gross miscarriage of justice. Or is, it, is this, this it? He'll at the very most get a slap on the wrist and then it sends a message to all the other abortion fanatics that uh, yes, it's open season on pro-life activists. Exactly right. It's possible, but unlikely. Wow. Wow. Uh, well, I, I hope if there is any possibility at all that uh, these charges could be brought up even, I don't know, to, even to 20% of what they ought to be, that, that really, I, I hope that there's enough political pressure from th- this prosecutor's constituents and from other people around the state uh, who, who can uh, push for that. And uh, Joanne, obviously wishing you the, the strongest recovery that uh, you can possibly have. Is there, uh, is there any place I can direct uh, our listeners to go to to support uh, your work, any sort of legal efforts? Uh, the, Steve, you mentioned the legal center that is fighting on behalf of these sorts of causes. Yeah, uh, if anyone's interested, please go to Great Lakes Justice Center or it's greatlakesjc.org. And right on there, we have our fact sheet and issue briefs about Proposal 3 if people want more information. Um, or they also have Michigan Right to Life. That's a great site too to learn more information. Great Lakes Justice Center. That's wonderful. And uh, Joanne, are there are there people you know coming over, bringing you food or anything, or sort of taking yeah, care of you? Yes, outpouring for my pro pro life friends. Yes, wonderful. Well, and I'm, from Heritage Foundation. Oh, good. I'm very glad to hear that. You, you certainly. I, I listen. Call me old fashioned. I think. At the age of 84, people ought to be uh, taking care of, uh, you, you know, you just generally, but especially when you're recovering from being shot by an insane pro-abortion lunatic. I think, you know, a couple of casseroles to the house would be uh, certainly a very nice thing to do. Uh, yeah, jo- yeah. <laughs> muffin. <laughs> that, very appreciative. Uh, that, well, that's wonderful. And I got I to tell you, Joanne, I would be looking a lot worse if I were in your position, even uh, at my age of 32, I think you, uh, you put, uh, lady, lady, I I think you put Lady Thatcher to shame, frankly. I think you are one tough lady, Joanne. So it's wonderful. And uh, thank you for standing up for the truth and having the courage to go out and, and canvas and persuade your fellow citizens and, and risk the dangers that come, not just from, you know, people worry about being canceled on social media or being censored, but you're facing actual physical risk in doing it. Just doing, doing God's work, Joanne, wonderful, wonderful stuff. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for 
letting me tell my story. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. 